a random encounter at a broadcasting facility, a shared interest and love of all things Marvel, Excelsior, a misinterpreted program title, and behold, a podcast is born. Peter Melnick, podcaster and comic book enthusiast, and Eddie Wilson, upstate New York radio announcer, still with an inordinate amount of catching up to do. Peter! What are you doing? Here we go with a new episode of The Marvelists. Welcome, everyone, to The Marvelists, the Marvel Universe podcast. I'm Peter Melnick. I'm Eddie Wilson. And before we get into the usual rigmarole of introducing our special guest and talking about the topics of hand at hand, there we go, easy for me to say, of Marvel Studios news in general, we want to tell you all at home how you can get a hold of us on them, our social medias. Lord knows what happens after we get through the usual. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. First off, go on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at... The Marvelous. Go on our individual social media platforms. I'm on Twitter and Instagram, at Peter Melnick. And Eddie, you're on social media. Thank goodness. Instagram, at Eddie9193. And Facebook. Just look for Eddie Wilson, the guy in the sunglasses. Exactly. It's not a long name. It's just, you know, what, what the representation picture looks like. Eddie with seven Ds. No. That's a... No. When you just throw a random D in Wilson, Eddie, you know, it's it's silent. But it's better than taking one away, and then I've changed my gender to Edie. Anyway, you can also find... <laughs> Didn't expect that one. I'm just, just going to no-sell that one. Uh, you can also find us on a wide variety of streaming platforms. Whatever you're listening to us on right now, hey, that's the spot to be. Congratulations. But you can also find us on TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and iTunes. Rate, review, subscribe, five-star if you're ever, ever so, so inclined. inclined. And just, yeah, give us a five-star because it helps get us out there in the uh, podcast listening land and also Broken Ice Cream Machine and McDonald's. The same tired joke that never lands every single time. Oh, it does. Every single time as I eat the microphone. It does. It's horrible. It tastes bad. Yeah. What can you do? Move on. You can also find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash The Marvelists. And for as little as $3 a month to as much as... <laughs> you know, you really got to stop those oh, cigars. Yeah. Well, I did just get my flu shot, so we're good to go. I hope so, but the yeah. poor microphone. But anyway, that much money a month, you can help support the show. $3 gets you early access to episodes. $5 gets you everything from the previous tier, including also our Undying Love and Gratitude. That's a $3 tier exclusive. You can also get our access to two the count them right two yeah. shows. You haven't read that where Eddie Wilson reads comics. He's never read before that. Really, Eddie, you should have read them. Why didn't you read Watchmen until like three months ago? You haven't read that exactly. As well as the other show called Fantastic Voyage. Yes, and I didn't want to do that intro. You know where we mention it that because we already did it in the other episode of talking about the Fantastic. Well, it Voyage. happens. Yeah. But for somebody, this is their first episode. Well, guess what? You've made it! Again, congratulations! And chicken butt, and so forth. (laughs) But Fantastic Voyage covers all 102 issues, plus annuals, plus crossovers, plus all that good stuff of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby's... Well, you know what? I'm going to do it anyway. Legendary fan... Damn it, I ruined it. I ruined it! I ruined! Way to go. Yeah. But anyway, Eddie. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, go to BelowTheCollar.com slash The Marvelous and get the Dad Joke Immune shirt because, God willing, if you've made it this far, you are, in fact, Dad, Dad Joke, Joke Immune. Oh, I love when we do it in tandem. You get too excited about that. you got to relax. I just want to do the hands. Whatever. 
Anyway, Eddie, joining us on the other end of the tin, tin can, can and, and string. Oh, I like that too. I'm going to do my hands again. Jazz hands. Anyway, we are joined with Mark Ellis of RottenTomatoes.com. Mark, first off, wake up. Wake up, Mark. Hey, I'm awake. I'm, I'm up and at him. It was a pleasure listening to the intro, and it did make me hungry for a McFlurry, so I'm not sure what to do about that. Well, we'll have to get you that dessert, and somebody call a medic. Well, it will be your dessert, but remember, this is Mc, uh, this is McRib season, by the way, so oh. enjoy. <laughs> it's, it's the most wonderful time of the year. It truly is. You can pair that McRib with the uh, Chips Ahoy McFlurry. And if the machine works. Exactly. And a Pepto. And by the way, Eddie never Eddie ne- always like is when he mentioned when he mentioned the uh, broken ice cream machines at McDonald's. He's like, I've never heard that before. I'm like, that's that's a staple of McDonald's. That's one of their main trademarks. But as an adult, it is. Yeah, I mean, I never remember once going as a little kid and having the machine break down. So it's something with the modern mechanisms that they're using that just aren't as functional as the old stuff. So like a lot of nostalgia that we have for the 80s and 90s, I think this is factually accurate because. I want an ice cream machine at Mickey D's that works like it did when I was a little kid. Yeah, I, and I thought part of what I had heard was employee disgruntlement. Nobody wanted to clean the damn thing. <laughs> you know what? I, could be it. With McDonald's, I want them to bring back those Halloween pails. You know the ones I'm talking about. They have the witch, the ghost, and the spooky, spooky uh, jack-o'-lantern. And also uh, there's Frankenstein's no monster. better container for fun-sized candy than something you get at McDonald's, and I i mean, I, I came up in the era of the, the Toys and the Happy Meal, the Berenstain Bears. If you're one of the 50% of people that remember the Berenstain Bears, we had all those toys. We had I had the Batman Forever um, glass, collector's glass. What about the Flintstones ones? not going for anything more than face value on eBay, which is very disappointing because my mom still has all of them. Well, what about those hmm. Flintstones ones from the, the live-action John Goodman, uh, Rosie O'Donnell, Rick Moranis Flintstone movie? <laughs> I think I think I moved on to Burger King because there's a Burger King right by our school. And so Burger King, I, I, I lived through all the phases of that. So when Burger King tried pizza for a hot minute, they did curly fries for a hot minute. And uh, I never had a Whopper after that again because I had my fill in high school. And I mean, you know, the McDon- or Burger King, they had the kids club and that was their own version of the X-Men. You know, you had uh, Kid Vid who looked just like Cyclops but with blonde hair. You had... Uh, the kid in the wheelchair who was, I guess, their Professor Xavier. You know, whatever. It worked for them. Yeah, you had the, the Kids Club, and that ad ran before the VHS copy that my brother and I watched that nauseum of the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. So oh my God. if you get into – I can actually sing the song that <laughs> was – I believe it was a Pizza Hut ad about a kid playing right field who makes this miraculous catch in the Little League game and – then the coach takes him out to Pizza Hut afterwards because that's what you did as a Little League coach. And I can also remember every movie trailer that played before the VHS of Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze, including the film called Step Kids, which <laughs> later came out under a different name, and you can only find it anywhere in any physical media on eBay. So I might be a little too much of a nerd even for this podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, I know it's the distinguished competition, but remember you can't watch a Warner Brothers movie without a Warner Brothers baseball cap. You can't. <laughs> we are <laughs> Oh, that is a good deep cut right there. Shout yeah, out ball cap. Shout out to our buddy over at Horror Movie Horror Movie Barbecue Chad Young cuz I know he'll appreciate all those references right there alone. I know this will be must listen to for him. But I digress. Mark, we're here to talk about 
That 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 uh studio, you know, what what do you call it? The the Marvels guys or whatever? Yeah, they're doing okay for the last couple of years, right? <sighs> I I got to tell you first and foremost, uh this has been the most interesting time as a Marvel fan because like every single week something new is getting leaked or getting shown in regards to a certain webhead. I'm of course talking about legendary 1930s pulp character the spider. No, uh <laughs> Spider-Man No Way Home, what the hell is going on? See, I thought we were going to talk about Arachnophobia, the classic 1989 film, but if we're talking Spider-Man proper, then there's so much going on right now, and it's that classic issue that we all run into as movie fans now, what to believe, what is real, what is Photoshop, what is deep fake, and as the technology for all these things improves, it gets harder to disseminate because the the thing that I always try to stop myself from doing is getting too excited about something that could happen in a movie. Because once you anticipate something appearing for so long that you actually now are rooting for it and you have it as canon in your head, you can inevitably leave the film disappointed if it didn't work out that way. And yeah. so that's what we see a lot of times when you see a set photo and we start speculating and we start prognosticating. But... Some of these photos that leaked that I did see, and I'm not always a fan of looking at the leaked photos, but it's hard to resist when you see who could be coming back into the fold thanks to a Spider-Verse-like opening. And what we're going to say right now, first and foremost, if you do not want this spoiled for you, turn the podcast off. Come back, uh, I think the movie comes out Jan or December 22nd, I want to say, right? Yep. Around the time for the holidays, come back in the end of December. You know, hope hope you had a very uh, nice Christmas. Enjoy. You know, hope you survived uh, Wham the Wham uh, Whamageddon. You know, just you didn't get to hear last Christmas. Congratulations <laughs> to you. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's be honest. If you don't want this spoiled for you, then just turn this podcast off and come back once it has been spoiled from you for someone else. Because yeah, it, it, it's going to be really tough to make it another month plus without having a lot of these details leak out. I hope that's the way we get it. You know, I still, in my heart, am a purist where I don't even want to hear a movie is in production until I see the movie poster at a local theater. You know, yeah. I, I don't want to know a movie exists until I'm at another movie and I see a trailer for it, like the old days. Yeah. I realize we can't put the genie back in the bottle now, but it does give us a lot of fun topics to talk about as long as we're doing it responsibly, like, why I'm on the show because I enjoy what y'all do and and I think y'all do a great job of walking the line between getting excited and fanboying out about these legit things to get pumped about but also take everything with a grain of salt. Yeah, and it's one of those things where in regards to the overall Marvel universe, we're in such an interesting time because with the leaks that have gone on with Spider-Man. And again, if you don't want it spoiled, shut the podcast off, but there's a lot of leaks that have been going around, you know, over the past couple of years, especially Kevin Feige's stance on all of the, you know, the massive Marvel universe and all of its different iterations. And one of the rumors that had gone on for a while was Kevin Feige really likes the Netflix series, specifically Daredevil and Jessica Jones, which is amazing because he loves the portrayal of both Charlie Cox as Daredevil and Kristen Ritter as Jessica Jones. And right now, the rumor that has been going on for quite some time is Charlie is going to be debuting in 
Spider-Man No Way Home as the lawyer. Although my favorite thing about the rumors and everything up until the IMAX trailer got released. Oh my God, look at that arm. It's really hairy. That's Charlie Cox. How does, how do you think that makes Charlie Cox feel where he has like a Robin Williams-esque kind of forearm? <laughs> it's, it's just one of the many reasons we miss Robin so much is because he is the go-to hairy person of repute. You know, like it's not quite, you look at a Charlie Cox forearm, it's not quite Robin, it's not quite Wicket from Return of the Jedi. <laughs> it's, getting, it's getting close. <laughs> now now we just I wish Wilford Brimley was still around so just so we could have an Ewoks, you know, movie reunion. Just man. Is Wilford Brimley gone? He's gone and I didn't even know he was sick. Oh my god. I just remember him on the horse telling us about diabetes. Well look, it, it, take it or leave it with Wilford and the great advice and some of the help he lent our friends on Endor once upon a time. <laughs> you know, if, if you think of all of the possible things that could happen in Spider Man No Way Home and a lot of them are going to happen. I think that if you, I just put myself sitting in the theater, right? And I'm an aisle man. I like sitting on the aisle so I can go out and pee. But even if I have to go really bad, I'm not leaving that theater until I see Charlie Cox's Daredevil in there because I think that is going to get such a loud, visceral reaction from a packed theater. And that's going to be one that really puts the goose. It's going to make the many hairs on my forearm stand up. And, well, the reason we bring that up is because of the fact, and I'm going over to my Reddit account right now to be able to see my comment, to be able to see what the person was that I'm referencing, but a person had leaked some photographs, and it was John Campia. And somebody, you know, basically he released two photographs. We're going to talk about the big one in a moment, but the one photograph that was leaked was Happy Hogan, Aunt May, Peter Parker, and their attorney, which is going to be... Charlie Cox's Daredevil. At least that's what we believe. This is currently a cell phone photograph that looks like it was taken through an antenna. And it's very blurry, all that stuff. And John had posted the photograph and immediately deleted it. But again, this is the internet. And the Marvel Studios spoiler subreddit has been having a field week with it. Not a day, a Mm. week. They're making it an event. And they keep talking about it. That photograph got saved, and people were dissecting it, looking at it like, well, his hair looks different. People get haircuts. I am long overdue for one myself, but I digress. But looking at that photograph, he's got a haircut. He's got whatever. And the background, you see a bookcase. The Marvel Studios fanboys have basically turned into you know their own version of enlarge, enlarge, enlarge. <laughs> And they pointed out the bookcase in the background. They have a photograph of a different angle. Oh, my God, you guys, this is it. This is actually real. So supposedly that is, in fact, real. And you look at that photograph of Charlie Cox with the haircut. It's basically Kevin Feige being like, hey, listen, this is our version of him. Give that man a haircut. Change it up just a little bit. That way we know it's our Charlie. You can't go too long. I told you, trim those sideburns mattingly. <laughs> yeah, you, you think Feige was the, uh, was the Mr. Burns here that, that made all the players get, ship up or shape out? I mean, it's, it, it's funny that, you know, all this and, – and full disclosure, I, I know John Campia very well. We, we worked together for a number of years at AMC Movie Talk and, and then later Collider. And so 
I know that he, he does get very excited about these things, and he also knows some people in high places, but he is at heart a fanboy like the rest of us. And so there's a chance he just saw these pictures and, and posted them thinking nothing of it. There's also a chance that he, he did have some insider knowledge as to how they arrived at his doorstep. And, and I haven't spoken with him about it. I don't know. But I, I do know what, what posting pictures like that does to the Internet and yeah. does to Twitter and to Reddit and, and all of those things. And so the only hesitation I have with that is that I, 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 there's very few properties that I want no information about whatsoever going into it. And so I don't want to know anything, for instance, about The Force Awakens when it was coming out. I wanted to know literally nothing about anything having to do with Force Awakens. Um, and then with, with, with Spider-Man, it's, it's not a character that is as near and dear to my heart as some other comic book characters that I grew up reading, but I still enjoy it so much, and so I don't have really a problem with these, with these getting out. Having said that, I mean, it, it, can you all just imagine the rush in the theater that, that folks would have gotten if these were kept under wraps? Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, if, if it is all these different Spider-Men coming back, um, Spider-People emerging in there, and then all these other characters that we didn't know were going to be in the MCU because of studio deals that had to be struck. There, there's so many parts to it, but at its core, you, you still hope that this, isn't, that this is just one of the many surprises that we get, because I can go down the rabbit hole with conspiracy theories, and in an age where a lot of us comic book fans watch every trailer like it's the, the Bruder film, I feel like if you if you are Marvel or you're Kevin Feige or the, you're the powers that be at the MCU, it may not be the worst thing to have a couple photos like this leak out, especially if you know that's going to draw all of the attention of the fan base. And so maybe we as fans don't focus on some other surprises that may be awaiting us once we get in the movie theater. You know, that's a very good conspiracy theory. You know, myself, Jesse the Body <laughs> Ventura, first off. I don't even know where I'm going with this impression right now. But you're on a you're on a chopper and you're gonna help Arnold Schwarzenegger take down an ant. I ain't got no time to bleed. <laughs> <laughs> but I just love the idea that yeah, and it's all a big distraction right now from hey, there probably are gonna be other surprises that we're not aware of. Like there's so much stuff that we as fans don't see. And then like years down the line, like there's also like Easter eggs like, hey, you did realize, like, for example, my favorite one, you know, Punisher is in Spider-Man 2, right? The original Spider-Man 2, the Raimi trilogy. Punisher is in Spider-Man 2. That's right. That, that was something that I didn't know when in any of my viewings of the movie. And then I, I, I stumbled upon something that, that told me that and then I forgot it. <laughs> and it's the Thomas Jane version, but it's his stunt double, which is a weird thing. But he's there and it's like. He's literally there during the wedding scene where Mary Jane runs off. She's wearing, you know, her uh, her gown, mm -hmm. and you just see in the background him mean mugging the camera, and it's like, well, he's there. And that's really he's about it. it. And it's like, it's the most comic book kind of Easter egg because, like, in comic books, like in Swampy, John Constantine shows up, like, you know, well, his first appearance was number thirty-seven, but in actuality, he was a number like. Okay, he was in a panel, like just randomly in a crowd. Like you see that, you see that head over there. That's John Constantine. Huh, cool. <laughs> I, yeah, it's th th those sort of things are are, are kind of like uh, like in in football terms. It's like, well, 
Tom Brady's actual first appearance was in 1981 when he was eight years old watching Joe Montana win the NFC Championship game. It's like, technically, that's true. He was a face in the crowd, but we're <laughs> talking about his actual career. So, as far as the career of the Punisher goes, I think we have yet to see him in a Spider-Man play. It, it's been retcon too. You know, Peter Parker, Iron Man 2, he's the little kid that he saves. And yeah. I'm kind of being one of those people, like when they did Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I want it to be retconned down the line. They're in Madripoor, and there's a short person wearing a cowboy hat. I want that short person wearing a cowboy hat to be retconned to be Logan Wolverine. <laughs> because I saw that. I'm like, wait a minute. No. Right. Because when you think of Madripoor, you really don't think of characters like the Falcon, the Winter Soldier, and Cap. You're thinking of Logan. Like, let's be honest. And, and maybe Nick Fury. But... I digress. And it's one of those. It's one of those things where you know that the writers of the What If animated series just must have had a blast because they didn't have to worry about canon time together. It's like let's just mm -hmm. have something go crazy and just do whatever we want with, for a change. Exactly. And in terms of going crazy, of course, the main point of speculation for Spider-Man: No Way Home is Andrew Garfield and friends and Tugboat McGuire, and. I've been watching this over and over and over the conspiracy theories. Like when I saw the one video that got leaked of you've got web blood. And then that apparently got debunked to be, Oh, that was actually just a, a deep fake, which apparently it wasn't, but I don't even know anymore. John released a photograph as well of the three spiders together. And somebody had said, well, it's not a fake because they even have, Andrew Gar or not Andrew Garfield, uh, Tugboat McGuire's hairline the way it is now. So, who knows? Well, here's the question then. So, if you get into the theater and you see No Way Home and, and, and it's a good movie, but it doesn't have them come back, is, are, are all the fans now going to be left scratching their head disappointed, or are you just happy for what you did get? Because we do know we're going to get some really cool reappearances of villains that we've seen in past spider-man movies um but if it's not the every person that's ever played spider-man having a high school reunion are we going to leave disappointed i'm not i'm not going to but i also suspect that we're going to see them and i'm very confident in that if that scene isn't in there i'm still going to live and enjoy the movie maybe the good spider-man movie was the friendships we made along the way we don't know <laughs> <laughs> but what you know I do think the idea, you know, all of these expectations we have as fans, there is that element where I'm just, I'm worried there's going to be, you know, all of my fan theories didn't come true. Ugh. Anyway, The Last Jedi is the worst movie ever made because everything I wanted to see in my fan fiction, my 852-page fan fiction, didn't come true. Like, come on. At this it's point. Like, it's like anything else in life. you got to surf with, with the tide that day. I mean, yeah. I'm a... I do stand-up, and, and trust me, I've visualized how I want sets to go many nights, and it never goes exactly like you think it's going to go according to plan. Exactly. But you have to be able to roll with it and still say, oh, that was fun, and just be in the moment. And so I hope that fans can be in the moment. But and I don't know how y'all feel about this. This movie in particular, No Way Home, feels like it's going to be the, maybe the most challenging film to be in the moment simply because of all of the leaks that we got like even when when dc had that run of leaks of you know, when they were making the original suicide squad and 
We saw Batman on top of Joker's car, and we saw the whole scene play out on cell phone footage. It's like that still didn't feel like anything that was revealing too much about that movie. But this, the entire premise of the film could turn on one of these leaked images that we're seeing. Yeah. And I think, again, it is that level of fan expectation that bothers me in a way. But I love seeing sometimes like the because I, I, I love to choose violence every once in a while. I love I love chaos, <laughs> <laughs> to be completely honest. And there's a part of me that I am so looking forward to seeing like expectations like uh, they ruined my childhood. First off. <laughs> no, the toy commercial did not ruin your childhood. Trust me on this, He-Man right, fans. Right. But my my thing about this, like I my go-to moment of I love getting I love seeing people get their hopes up. And you had mentioned earlier the la, uh, the Force Awakens. The Force Awakens was one of my favorite things because I had a friend who went to go see it, and I had told her beforehand. I go, I got to tell you, you are going to love this movie. Luke Skywalker is the single most quotable character in the entire movie. Just he he has the funniest lines, the most thought-provoking lines. And honestly, like, you know, at one point I was contemplating getting a tattoo of one of his quotes just because, you know, it's very much The Force Awakens, Luke at his very best. And she's oh, watching the movie, perfect. he shows up, pulls the cloak down. Credits. And I'm like, she you know the the uh, reaction face if you've ever seen the uh, the meme one of just that little pursed lips or like mm. that was yeah. her, <laughs> and then I get a text from her of the simple words "You're an asshole," and I'm like, well, yeah. "How come? Yeah. Oh, did yeah. you stay for the after credits?" <laughs> oh, that then you deserve that treatment. Yeah, because it it it's it, it, I just go back to that to that movie. Just uh, we'll harp on it for a brief more second because. Like, I think about that scene in the snow where it's, it's Ray and it's Finn and they're battling Kylo Ren. And if, if a leaked image of some cloaked figure in the woods, in, in the snowy woods, come out, then I might have assumed, or the internet might have assumed, that it was Luke Skywalker. And so I'd be watching that scene play out. And that moment when the lightsaber is just laying in the snow and it starts shaking and it starts flying towards someone, I'm like, this better be Luke. And if it's anybody else, I'm going to be disappointed because I've had it in my head it's going to be Luke for the last three months. Yeah. And then it's Ray lighting it up, and it's cool, but it's not Luke. And so am I disappointed? So I, I think that every fan needs to look at the properties that really do mean the most to them or to their inner child or whoever and say, I, I need to make a conscious effort to sort of stay away from, from these sort of things with this particular property. And, again, luckily for me, Spider-Man isn't that, but I also have the common sense because I've been around the industry long enough to know that you're not going to avoid Spider-Man, some sort of Spider-Man spoiler. And I think at this point, all us movie honks can hope for is that the spoilers that we get before we see the film aren't the big reveal. And I think maybe that's how MCU is playing this, too. It's like, hey, as long as it's not the big reveal, then, you know, if, if take it back to 1980. If if this if images of this Muppet leak out, fine. It's Yoda. Okay, you caught us. If images of Han frozen and carbonite leak out, okay, fine. Something bad happens to Han, you caught us. As long as it doesn't get out that the big bad guy is actually the big good guy's father, then we're good. Mm -hmm. And you hope that that's going to be the case that the MCU approaches these films from. The funniest thing is back in the day that did get leaked, and like it immediately got brushed under the rug. And... I remember reading, like, yeah, that spoiler got leaked, and 
ah, man, just like imagine being George Lucas, you know, you're wearing your nice cozy flannel going, just because you found out (laughs) you're pulling out your beard. Just, you know, it's the worst. It's it's one of the great jokes right up there with the uh, the baseball episode of The Simpsons. It's, it's one of the best jokes in the history of the show is Homer and Marge walking out of The Empire Strikes Back and Homer accidentally spoils it for the next line of people walking into the theater. And luckily, the, the, the Internet was just a, uh, a, you know, it wasn't even a twinkle in Al Gore's eye yet. <laughs> it was just a series of tubes. But <laughs> I, I, and I now have in my mind the visual of George Lucas bashing a keyboard with a baseball bat just yelling Joseph Campbell said him. <laughs> <laughs> the power of just, he, if you're that rich you have full rooms of nice stuff that you just go into break because it feels good Tom Hanks walks in and goes you're going to keep that keyboard but <laughs> or that typewriter <laughs> but just the the whole uh, overall the idea though also of expectation, even in the moment. When I went to go see Captain Marvel in 2019, there was one moment in the film where I was getting my hopes up and immediately dashed when they go into the uh, one room and it's all 1970s, 1980s, you know, toys and paraphernalia. And the back of my mind, because this movie's taking place in 1995, I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, Star-Lord's going to show up as a young kid wearing the jacket. And I immediately had my hopes broken. I'm like, Son of a bitch. Ah, fiddlesticks. You know, I'm like, come on, man. I wanted to see, you know, him coming in listening to, like, I don't know, ZZ Top or something. It's a tough thing. It, it's yeah. a tough thing. And, and you imagine the pressure on the writer's shoulders and, and whoever is the brand trust over there at the MCU or DC or any Lucasfilm, anything for that matter, where you're, you want to write the movie you want to write and you want to tell the story that you're aiming to tell, but you know that everybody is going to be bringing in their own baggage that didn't just appear on their back that week. It's been with them for most of their lives. And so there is an element where everybody gets so mad at the term fan service. Like, oh, that movie's just fan service. And it's like, well, you know what? I'm a fan, and I like to be served. When I go to a restaurant, I I don't complain that, oh, that's just food service. It's like, well, no, that's what you're supposed to do at a restaurant. I mean, let's be honest. Real fan service would be casting every single role as either uh, Nathan Fillion or Idris Elba. Just saying. Every. That's been fan casting for the last 25 years. That's right. That's right. <sighs> Man, you know who would make a really great booster gold? Not Nathan Fillion anymore. But I digress. Uh, we can de age them all now. It's fine. <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> but one of the things, also, as well, you know, with that level of spoilers and leaks and all that stuff, it's also, unfortunately, that element of, hey, we're going to make a movie and. You, or we're going to be a news uh, organization and leak it in our headline like the uh, mid or the mid and post credit scene of Eternals got leaked and spoiled that for so many people. The hell out of me because I, I had the, uh, the the pleasure and the great privilege to go to the premiere of, of Eternals. And and the, the spoiler you're talking about that, that leaked out of there was, was from a, a post credit scene. And so we're all in there. We're watching it and everybody says, you know, it, it's a happy surprise when it happens. And and to see that get on Twitter, and again, I know that the old adage, I've said it to people myself, is, is like, if you didn't want the movie ruined for you, then you probably shouldn't be running to a social media platform that is part of its engine runs on people who are breaking news. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they go over the line, but to see it come 
from somebody who had just seen the movie. It, it's one thing if, if somebody doesn't really know they're taking a picture of or they're excited they take a picture of a Marvel set and look who's on. I, I can forgive that at least. But if you're a professional that works in the industry and you had the privilege of seeing the movie before anybody else did, the first time it ever screened in the entire world, and you spoil the movie, you should not get to attend a premiere ever again. Mm-hmm. You know, I, yep. I, it, it might sound harsh, but that's, those are the kind of things that should get you banned from having that privilege. I'm not going to say the. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do it as vague as possible of saying this, but that person, that character, that may or may not have debuted. I was literally walking uh, to Penn Station as that actor or actress is performing at the Garden that night, and I saw nothing but flamboyant cowboys just leaving the Garden. I'm like, wow, that's really cool. Ten minutes later, I'm like. Oh, cool! I just got a movie spoiled. In well, I was in the same spot oh as them. Oh my gosh! Weird. Yeah. It's weird. The universes were colliding that night. It was, and just overall, it's, it's again, it's a fine line, and you got to be very careful. And that's why we just, you know, how we did it should be a way for how others should do of talking about this. I'm a word guy. I am doing terrible with word talking words things. <laughs> Hooray! You mean like sentences and paragraphs? Precisely. Okay. I wanted to use many syllables for that response. <laughs> but I digress. So now in regards to one of the things in the Marvel Universe, of course, we're hitting the uh, two-year anniversary of the award-winning Disney+. And a lot of snags have happened. I don't know if you guys know this. There's this uh, thing called a pandemic going on. So... Heard about it. Yeah. Heard about it. It's it's a, a little uh, independent movement, I guess, you know. Well, whatever. But a lot of shows that were coming to the platform had to have episodes scrapped or just moved around completely in general. And, man, as a man with a plan, I could only imagine Kevin Feige has been smacking his hat against his knee like an old prospector repeatedly in the last uh, two years. So his knee is red from just smacking his knee with that hat. Just like, sassafras. But... I imagine his cheeks are as red as Yukon Cornelius, famed North Pole <laughs> hiker. Silver! <laughs> Bumbles bounce. <laughs> Gold! Yeah. Nothing. One of the things right now that has been a victim of all of this is Ms. Marvel. And, you know, we got some photographs of what the character is going to look like. They're kind of changing it from the whole embiggen element of, like, her being rubbery kind of thing. We can make her fist gigantic to now it's kind of like a Green Lantern ring, yeah. which is weird, but some some fanboys out there are being like, oh, you guys, why are you doing this? You're ruining the character. No, you're not. You haven't even seen the show. Shut up. But <laughs> it's one of those things where now the show has been delayed to fall 2022 and kind of bummed out, but you know what? If there's any problems, they can iron them out, do what you got to do. Although... We were saying that with the new Mutants movie mm. for about 17 years as that was in production. You know? Yeah, there's a there's a happy mid mid ground where it, if it sits on the shelf for a minute, that's fine. If it's just toiling on the shelf, then you start to panic. But Miss Marvel just has so much potential to open so many more doors in in the MCU and with what Disney Plus has been doing. And I think it, their strategy has been has been on point because they took a risk early on with uh, with WandaVision, and I think that paid off. I love that they just they, they completely deviated from what you would expect to see in an MCU show, but still had a lot of those familiar elements. And then 
you get fan favorites like Falcon and Winter Soldier and Loki, but Miss Marvel is really going to, and, and Moon Knight for that matter as well, it are really are two shows that I think people are looking forward to just because it's going to feel MCU-ish, but it's also going to be something different and something new. Now, with Moon Knight, by the way, do you think he's going to get his money from Dracula, that big effing nerd? <laughs> and and is, is Dracula going to be played by Ethan Hawke? That's the question. I love the—and, you know, we, we're friends with the guys who run the page Moon Knight Core on Facebook, the originators of the uh, Dracula Moon Knight meme. I love the fact that that, I hope, gets referenced in some way, shape, or form, although— I don't know. Maybe it can. It would it be fan service? Probably. But you know what? At this point, the man's got bills to pay. He needs that money. So yeah, and we're you know, Blade is coming back on the big screen at some point, probably delayed from the pandemic. But you know, it's not the worst thing to to go ahead and, and get warmed up with a familiar bloodsucker before we get to see Blade back on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Well, as of this recording, actually on November 11th, they just released. Uh, there was an article talking about it where. Blade is going to be going into uh, production and seeing a release in uh, 2023. So, fingers crossed on that. I'm excited, you know. Blade is one of those that I love that so many people don't realize that's a Marvel character. Because that was, you know, the uh, David Ayer, or, yeah, David Ayer run of Marvel where, hey, we got to pretend this is not a comic book movie because comic book movies are beneath us. But, you know, you needed that. Yeah, and the uh, I, I got to do a deep dive into Blade uh, a couple months ago for for the podcast I do with with Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes is wrong. We were to where we just debate whether the tomato meter score is accurate. And with Blade, I think I think everybody on our panel that day agreed that it, it was just way too low for for not just the quality of the film itself, but also how impactful Blade is and where Blade doesn't really get to mention that Sam Raimi's first Spider-Man movie or the first X-Men film do as far as launching the modern comic book film as we know it. Blade might have done the best job of any of them. It might be a hot take, but Blade really, really did set a standard for what it means to be a comic book movie. And I give Blade, Spidey, and X-Men all the credit in the world for rescuing us from what could have just been another decade of bat nipples and bat cheeks. (laughs) You know, no one really acknowledges the bat cheeks, which is... It's, it's a yeah, shame. they stopped at the nipples. I go deep on the bad suits. <laughs> well, that I didn't expect, and also didn't expect Yukon Cornelius. Wahoo! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, we're getting into the season of giving, but as yeah. <laughs> any fan of those of, of those short w- would know, I celebrate Christmas starting in July, as Rudolph and Frosty did. Yeah, there you go. Right, right. You got to get ready. I mean, it's me starting Halloween in uh, April. Oh, oh wait. Leaked photos of an elf with... Is that a scalpel? Is he going to be a dentist? What is he training to be? <laughs> See, I'm, I was going to c- correct Eddie. Eddie, you actually celebrate Halloween on November 1st and get ready. That's, that's your time. Oh, well, you, you're very kind to say that. Eddie, you're wearing no. orange. All right, fine. Got me dead to rights. Yeah, And he really is wearing orange, ladies and gentlemen. So this is not just you know, a joke. So it's a sweat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you have black headphones. <sighs> it's, my, it's my college's colors, actually. So there. Who's your college? William Patterson, Wayne, New Jersey. They went. Ah, they're going to go Oklahoma State Cowboys, but yeah, that that checks out too. There you SUNY go. Oswego, we love the cold. <laughs> but I think this is going to wrap this episode up for today. But you know, there's a lot of expectation in the Marvel universe from the fan bases, and you can't blame them, but you can blame them, but you can't blame them, but you can blame them. I don't know where I'm going with this outro, but Mark. 
thank you for being on today's program and dealing with my uh, long meandering intro and word salad of sentences. You know what? You left the trail of breadcrumbs before you wandered into the intro forest, and we found you safe and sound, and we had a delightful chat about Spider-Man, which, at the end of the day, no way home. I mean, it's time to start thinking about these movies in terms of my most anticipated movie of the year. Yeah. It's, it's almost there right in front of my steaming eyeballs. I love Black Widow. I love Shang-Chi. I really like the Eternals. And now it always seems like these roads are all leading to now no way home and so i just i cannot wait to be in a movie theater and just try that old trick that i never actually execute properly of waiting until the movie starts to start eating my popcorn (laughs) i'm usually done when the trailers are still going but i'm going to do my best to honor spidey and save my corn for the main event see i'm i'm thinking i you know with all of this going on i think the movie that's going to be the biggest link to the mcu is going to be licorice pizza because when you really think about it, PTA is finally making his Marvel debut. I don't know where I went with that joke, but it failed miserably. Just look no, at me No, I enjoyed it if for no other reason because it did set me up for this as we close up shop here is that people love Paul Thomas Anderson with good reason, great author. My favorite Paul Anderson that makes movies is Paul W.S. Anderson, director of Mortal Kombat and a bunch of Resident Evil. Thank you to the real Paul Anderson for all you've done for cinema. Mark, how can people get a hold of you on social media, and how can they listen to the podcast you're involved with? After that take, if they still want to hit me up on social media, you're more than welcome to. At Mark Ellis Lies is the handle for Instagram and Twitter, and uh, Rotten Tomatoes is Wrong is the podcast. And I also have the great pleasure to host uh, a lot of shows for Rotten Tomatoes on Peacock and some other streaming services. So you can check out my show Versus, where I take art and make it competitive. Let's see. We're, oh, we got a Spider-Man villain episode coming out soon. So the greatest cinematic Spider-Man villain of all time. I'm trying to find a way to get Rhino the win. I don't think it's going to happen. I like the topic. I really do. I, I hope Maybe. Paul Giamatti can win. This is it. <laughs> you fight me now? This is it, PG. <laughs> my, my research is just me watching sideways. So it's between Sandman and Rhino. I really hope eventually more of those uh, the actresses can become Spider-Man villains down the line from Sideways. It just needs to happen, you know. You have oh, it'd be uh, great. You have the guy from uh, Wings involved, you know. Whoa, baby, Thomas Hayden <laughs> Church. My favorite moment on social media was asking, uh, "What's his name?" Uh, the actor who plays uh, Kingpin. Uh, crap, what's his name? Yeah, um, mm-hmm. Vincent D'Onofrio. I once asked him if he's ever watched uh, Wings, and he responded back with, "No, I have not." <laughs> I've asked him that. I asked him what his thoughts on uh, Gwygon Jin uh, were. He he enjoys Liam Neeson, by the way, just to answer that question. Uh, I've I've asked him so many questions because let me tell you, Vincent D'Onofrio's Twitter account is the greatest thing. It's like an AMA of a person who was in a coma for 35 years and will answer anything. So I will definitely look that up as soon as I'm done. He may not have seen an episode of Wings, but I'm willing to bet there's a couple Crystal Bernard CDs in his library somewhere. <laughs> I just want to know if Vincent D'Onofrio has ever been in a submarine. Like, that's my biggest question. (laughs) I have not, but I was on the Finding Nemo ride at Disneyland. So that qualifies. I just love love Finding Nemo. Ellen DeGeneres is a wonderful fish. (laughs) But I digress. I don't know why I'm still doing a Vincent D'Onofrio's kingpin Snap out of it! When I was a boy... (laughs) I was lonely, but I digress. Anyway, 
Mark, thank you for your time. And once again, thank you for putting up with our chicanery and sassafrasery. I had none, oh. so there. It's all you. Hey, all, all digressions, sassafrasseries, and uh, aversions are welcome. It's a pleasure joining the show. Thank you all so much. This, is, this has been fun. For The Marvelists, I'm Peter Melnick. I'm Mark Ellis. And I'm Eddie Wilson. Excelsior!